This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It's the most wonderful time of the year, and with help from Albertsons, it doesn't have to be the most stressful. Stop in for great deals on holiday favorites so you can stretch your budget and celebrate more. Pick up fresh, boneless, skinless chicken breasts or thighs, just $1.59 a pound when you buy a value pack of three pounds or more. And get General Mills cereal 10.7 to 13 ounces, selected varieties, $1.57 when you buy two. Tastier meals, sweeter deals, happier holidays. Albertsons, it's just better. Who is LeBron before LeBron? What was it like to be the top-rated high school player before the internet era? What can we learn from a phenom that got too much too early? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. I hope you're listening to this on our new mobile app because it's really the way you should. Uh, I am pleased to have on our show today, Shay Cotton, otherwise known as the moniker, the manchild, the living legend, LeBron before LeBron. Uh, Shay, Shay, come, welcome to the show. I'm happy to talk to you about uh, what's going on in your life now and what you were doing and how you got uh, on this journey. Uh, so thanks for coming on. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on in your life right now that's making you so busy. Well, what's going on in my life right now is what I call pandemonium. Um, I've seen this these times before, but it's been a, been a while. It feels really good, and uh, we're looking forward to to the future. You know, I've put a lot of time in with the youth, and certain things are coming to fruition. And you know, my documentary uh, Manchild will be released probably close to the summer. Uh, we're going to do a private screener on Saturday, and I'm um, looking forward to, uh, you know, just the, the turn, the turnout, as well as the impact that's going to be made. So, is this picture locked and loaded and completely done and edited, or is this are you still doing stuff to it? No, it's it's done. So we're we're we're, we're complete on that end. You know, we're just uh, we're looking at sponsorship moving forward. Obviously, for the screeners that we're going to be doing, we're going to go to um, Toronto for All Star Weekend, the first week of uh, February, and we'll be there through February 15th. We'll do a, a screener there, a private screener as well, at Ennis Town Hall, downtown Toronto, on that Sunday. And uh, we're really looking forward to what's coming. That, I, it sounds exciting. I think I'm going to get a chance to peek at it myself on Saturday. And, you know, the, the journey is a pretty crazy story when you look into it. And I know a lot of people probably or might not know your name off the top of their heads. But if you Google Shea Cotton, you're going to see some stuff. So... When we're talking about you know you you coming into like high school right you let's let's the paint the picture you're at, I think you enrolled at St John Bosco which is down in Orange County uh, in California uh, as a freshman like w- w- what did that scene look like how big were you what was your skill level like well I mean first first and foremost St John Bosco's in the L A area it's uh, it's in Bellflower California I started there as a freshman briefly. Um, and uh, just 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 didn't wouldn't have the right fit uh, basketball wise, so I actually transferred out pretty quickly uh-huh. in the modern day. Um, I was around six four, about two ten, really really physically uh, gifted, you know, and, and trained really hard. 
body was really developed because I worked hard in my in my training leading up to high school, and I really competed and pushed myself in the AAU circuit in the spring and summer, leading up to uh, my freshman year. So, I went into high school with a world of confidence, and a lot of people don't realize my body of work. I had a lot of success early on because you know I played up two three years all every step of the way and really test myself. I wanted to be the best, so I had to play against the best guys I could find, whether it be older, quicker, stronger, didn't matter, and really test myself and, and get away from that fear factor of uh, not believing in yourself. When you said training, uh, you know, going into high school, we, you know, because you were built like a statue, just cut and, and, you know, very strong. Are you talking about strength training? Or are you talking about skills or both? What, what did that mean? Just a combination. I mean, I did various different things. I think, you know, today is different. Everybody's got trainers and, you know, social media and things like that. It just has gotten out of control. But at that time, it was unprecedented to, you know, kind of be like a middle school guy and have a trainer that you work with pretty much three times a week, which is what I did. And then me and my brother would would do stuff together. We'd practice with our schools, come home, make sure our homework is done. Then we'd go back to the gym and do various things like jumping rope and shooting the ball together, one-on-one full court, swimming, weight training, stretching. I mean, you name it, like just really raising the bar and pushing yourself to the limit. That's really the only way you can achieve greatness. you got to go past exhaustion. Well, what do you think, you know, uh, through, there were critics of your game. I, I, maybe not as much in the early part of your high school career, but, you know, what were the, what were the critics saying about your game that, that they didn't think would might translate into the upper levels? Uh, you know, just, uh, he, he, he only go left, you know, undersized, this, this, uh, streaky shooter. Uh, you know, I, I heard everything, you know, but, but Nick, you know, for me, there's going to be critics for, for everybody, you know, that, I mean, people talk because they have lips. I never worried about that as a player. Look, I became the number one player in 1995, not because I listened to what everybody was saying, because I believed in myself. So, you know, I've been through so much in my life in 37 years. It doesn't matter what people are saying as long as they're talking. You know, it's that old mm-hmm. adage. Uh, as long as they're talking about you, you're doing something right. When they stop, that's when you got to worry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, were you a streaky shooter? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I, I mean, I was a scorer, so you know, I put the ball in the hole. I, mean, uh-huh. I was the John Wooden Player of the Year and sophomore year in high school. It's never been done since. So we could say a lot of things, but I haven't seen anybody like me since I came out of school, and I may never see somebody like myself. I mean, I possessed a different type of drive. You know, I played against some of the best talent that I don't know this generation may ever see, from Kevin Garnett to Stephon Marbury, you know, to Paul Pierce. Uh, Jermaine O'Neal's, all the top guys, Vince Carter, that came out and played in the NBA and had long careers, they were in my class. Those are my peers, Ron Artest, Meta World Peace, you know, mm-hmm. AKA. So I don't worry about the criticisms, you know, what people have to say. People are going to say stuff regardless. I mean, you could have a perfect game and they say, oh, well, you didn't, I don't like the way you tied your shoes, you know, just anything. So you can't worry about those things. You know they're there, but you have to focus and trust your instincts. You know, we're talking about a lefty, 6'6", you know, good athlete or great athlete. Um, you know, you have to imagine that. Were you, is your game like James Harden? Uh, no, I was more, more, more of a guy that would attack the basket. You know, I like to play, play aggressively, and, and, you know, towards the hole. I okay. mean, I would attack the rim perimeter-wise. I could shoot the ball. I could hit mid-range shots. I had the floater. I had the total package from that aspect of it. But I, I really like to attack the perimeter and go inside because, for me, when I dunked on the center, it changed the game. When I realized what that did 
to the other team. It just deflated the ball. It took all the air out. You know, you go from being being kind of timid. Oh, man, we have a seven-footer we're playing against tonight. Guys are scared to penetrate, and I'm going right at them. It's like, you know, if I'm not finishing, I'm getting the foul. And then you put them in foul trouble, and now, you know, their strength is a weakness because the big man's on the bench. So it's just one of those things from a mental perspective. I would play mind games with myself because, you know, by the time I was 15, I was the number one player in the country. I was training in high school with pros. I was playing at UCLA against, you know, the top guys in the NBA. I mean, Kenny Anderson, I'd be on his team. I'm running with Magic Johnson. You know, I walk in the gym and Magic screaming, I got cotton, and I'm 15, 16 years old. I mean, that's unheard of. I mean, this guy was at his pinnacle in his career at Showtime with the Lakers, which is what I grew up watching growing up in L.A., and, you know, I, there was a little a, a bit of a of a starstruck type of thing seeing Magic for the first time. And then when I developed the relationship, started talking to him, you know, I had a lot of respect for him and a lot of admiration. I mean, great guy. And consequently, he's doing well today. But, you know, I think today is a different day. You know, the kids today, uh, there's a lot of sense of self-entitlement. And I don't think kids are really studying and working as hard as they could be because of the social media component and, you know, the outside distractions. This holiday season, AT&T is giving away $25,000 just for telling them what great LG products you want this year. Stop by a participating AT&T store and snap a selfie holding up the LG products you want to get, like the LG V20 with 5.7-inch HD display and direct TV app to watch live TV. Then share your selfie on Twitter or Instagram with hashtag Here's What I Want Sweeps or upload it to Here's What I Want Sweeps.com for a chance to win twenty-five grand. No purchase necessary. Click the banner for rules and a list of participants stores well you know we, we hear a lot of like when you're, especially if you're looking up your stuff it's like too much too early you know it's all this stuff was the pressure did, 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 it, what does that really mean like did you really feel at the time that uh, you know a, a world what's your entire world is swirling around you like a whirlwind for 24 7 you never could get a handle on what was happening around you yeah i mean if you could just imagine a kid playing a grown-ups game Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're playing a, a sport that you love and you happen to have a gift and you're having a lot of success at a very young age and you have all these adults around you trying to lure you in for, you know, how you can benefit them. So imagine in your mind, psychologically, you know, 15, 16 years old, trying to grasp and, and, and you know, make sense of everything in your head. You know, it's, it's tough for I me mean, for mm-hmm. one person. I mean, I was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. That was like the, the, the pinnacle. We, we knew once you got there, you've arrived. And it's like, okay, well, where do you go from there? Then you really start playing games with yourself because you have to challenge yourself. It's not about anybody else. You know, if, right. if I become complacent, it's my decision. So I continue to set the bar. But what happens is when you get to the mountaintop, they leave you no room but to go down. And, and they wait, for, they prey on that. And then when it, when it happens, if it does happen, it's like, that press sells faster than the positive. So you just got to know both sides going in. When, when you say they are waiting for it, like who exactly is they? The media. I mean, I, the, the people love, they love uh, drama and controversy, mm-hmm. I think, in life. You know, whether people are talking about it, they're hearing about it. You know, they like, they like the controversy. Maybe it's the unhappiness within individuals or people get tired of seeing certain individuals successful. You know, it's like preying on a demise, but neither here nor there it's up to the individual what you do with the opportunities that you that you're you're basically uh presented with and you know i feel like for the time that i had when i reigned supreme in basketball i had a great run i had a blast i don't regret anything you know if i had to do it all over i'd probably do it the same because 
I'm not really a failure when I when I look at my life. You can't call somebody a failure that became the number one player in the country that has done so much and impacted so many lives where 20 years post, they're still talking about what I did on the court. Oh, absolutely. And, and plus, you were, you know, had an incredible uh, array of experiences across the world being able to play the game. You know, the question I have, though, is, is as you were in the midst of all this and, and all the hype of, of, you know, in the high school uh, era of your life, um, did the game become work? Was it not sort of that? Could you not derive pleasure from the game anymore? Did it feel that way? At times, you know, because I sacrificed a lot when kids were going out mm-hmm. to the movie theaters with their girlfriends and their buddies on the weekend on Friday nights. I sacrificed. I was in the gym with my brother, you know, doing something to make myself better. You know, I watched a lot of film. I watched every single game I played after the game. Right after the game, I'd go home and watch the whole game before I go to sleep because in my head, I need to be a student. So, you know, and I took that approach to the game, and I take that same approach in my life today. It's the disciplines, the sacrifices that we make, and the work that we put in is what's going to determine our outcome in life, whether it's in sports or just in life in general. Well, looking back at it now from a sheer skills standpoint, like all the work you were doing in the gym to develop your game, um, if you could go back in time, would, would there be anything you would have changed or, or done differently as far as I'm just talking about purely like you in the gym by yourself with the ball? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, I'm, you know, I had a chance to play against Kobe Bryant in high school as well. And on that day, I was better than him too. So for the people that want to, oh, he should have worked on that. He should have worked on that. Look, that just adds to the mystique, man, in, the, in this novel, you know, so, uh-huh. you know, say what you want. You can't take away what I did, you know, and the people that want to find fault, that's fine too. You know, but there's a lot of positives that come with, with each individual and it, it's what we focus on. Sure. I mean, like sometimes when I, like I know people like my age, we look back and go like, man, I, w- I wish I could have gone and worked on my pull up three. You know, we, you know, we never would have been allowed to do that. But, you know, what I mean, that kind of thing. It's like, um, you know, but it, 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 that was the sort of idea. Like, is there any of that kind of stuff that you would have you would have done or or you would have worked on your three point shot from, you know, f- four feet farther just so you can get closer to like a three point NBA shot or something? No, I mean, I, I could do it all on the floor. At yeah, time. So I don't have any any regrets. I mean, you know. People forget real fast, but, you know, I played against some of the stiffest competition that California has ever seen in that, in that era. I think right before us, it was pretty, pretty strong as well. And then after after our class, you know, that 97 class, I think there might have been a few other years coming behind us. And then you start to see a decline. And now it, the market seems really diluted mm-hmm. because there's a lot of players that are, you know, social media driven. There's a lot of hype behind them. But when they're tested, you know, they don't. They don't respond well. It's like they just blend in where I wanted to stand out. I embrace the challenge. I embrace the, the adversity, not just in basketball, but in life. And I think it's a blessing that I'm here today because I can instill that conviction in so many people across the world. Like my life now today is is about serving, you know, paying it forward, showing people like, you know, when you're vulnerable in life and you have a drive, you can accomplish anything. But you got to believe in yourself when no one else does. And most people when it gets hard, they quit. And that's mm-hmm. what separates good from great, the ones that keep going. Can you give us a quick glimpse uh, before we, I want to follow that thought again, but can you give us a quick glimpse into what it was like to go up against a high school Kobe? Well, let me say this. Um, I have a lot of respect for Kobe. He was the only guy, probably with the exception of uh, somebody like a Meta World Peace, you know, from an intensity standpoint as far as uh, drive and 
competitive competitive spirit he was the only one to match match my level and uh you know i think about that often and uh you know i know of kobe but we we bumped in each other a few times over the years and it's always been a respect a mutual respect so you know i, I hold that dear to my heart no matter where i go in my life i know look at one point you know when me and the guy that they're calling the best player in this generation met you know, I gave him everything I had, and on that day I was better, and that's something that nobody could ever take from me. And then I have plenty of other experiences that, you know, I can't recoup because I don't have the footage. I mean, if I had over half the footage of the stuff that I was doing, this this would be a completely different documentary, you know, that, that we have coming out. But the documentary that's coming out is what's meant, and what people are going to see is they're going to see me from a different perspective, me vulnerable and talking about some experiences that I've never shared before. Wow. Well, that, that, that's another reason we better, better get our, uh, our eyes open to see this documentary when it comes out. Um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, we're, we focus on coaching a lot on, on our channel. And I'm kind of curious, like, you know, did you play, was Gary McKnight uh, there in modern day when you were there? Yes, he was. So he, he might have actually been like a newer coach then, I think. Um, you know, what, what kind of coach was he like? Players coach. Um, Gary McKnight is a, a motivator. He understands the game. He understands uh people and personalities and um it worked well for me because i didn't mind putting the time in to get better and i wanted to show the world what i can do modern day is a great springboard as a student athlete to go wherever you want to go i mean they get national attention year in year out they have a really competitive schedule and um the notoriety and the exposure was there i think it was great timing for me when i came in i knew of coach McKnight through my aau coach pat barrett and uh, we developed a good relationship over some time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a lifelong bond now. I play with uh, his son, Clay McKnight. And uh, we still talk today frequently. So they'll, they'll be at the screener as well this Saturday. And I'm just looking forward to, you know, what's coming. Um, the game has changed a lot. I think over the years it's become a lot more finesse. I think it was a lot more physical back then. And it was a different type of player as well. But Coach McKnight as a whole... You know, he's a player's coach. If you got talent and you work hard, you know, it, it'll work well for you. I think guys that are talented but maybe they don't work hard, that's not such a great fit. You know, you have to know what you're getting into. I tell people modern day isn't for everybody. You have to, you know, you have to have the tools necessary to be successful, and then you have to be able to have drive and sacrifice to do the things necessary to be successful there because there's going to be a lot that's expected of you. you got the peer pressure. You've got the uh, – the media attention there and all the exposure and notoriety and you know you have to come out and you got to perform and you know on some nights that can be difficult because you can be in volatile environments but you still have to be a professional and mm -hmm. represent your you know your school and your family in the right way and those things is what's really important and you know coach midnight helps mold you in that way for sure. And, yeah, people don't know, uh, Modern Day has been a perennial you know, powerhouse in California that is almost always competing for state championships uh, since for I, before I can remember, for years and years. Uh, and the thing I think is, maybe not in your case, Shay, but most of the players that go there, if they ain't performing on the court, the, the guy on the bench right behind him is, is just as good, if not better. And I think that's also the pressure that's built into when you go there. For sure. You know, the, the, the stakes are high. You know, look, it's like uh, it's like going to North Carolina for college. You know, you're choosing that university because, you you know, you're thinking about your future. You know, I have a chance to play in the NBA if I go here and do the right things. Well, you go to modern day and you do the right things. 
you know you're going to get that Division One scholarship of your choice mm -hmm. rather than the school choosing you, you know, and that's the position you want to be in. You want to be more of a dictator rather than a recipient. And, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a top-notch program. Look, it's like a mini college, man. Rotating schedule, you know, beautiful uh, facilities on campus, great staff. You know, you get mass media attention. It's the best of both worlds. You know, academically, you're really pushed, you're challenged. So, you know, there were two two of my greatest years of my life, the most fondest memories, you know, and uh, that's something that we'll share for forever. I'm a monarch for life. This holiday season, AT&T is giving away $25,000 just for telling them what great LG products you want this year. Stop by a participating AT&T store and snap a selfie holding up the LG products you want to get, like the LG V20 with 5.7-inch HD display and direct TV app to watch live TV. Then share your selfie on Twitter or Instagram with hashtag Here's What I Want Sweeps or upload it to Here's What I Want Sweeps.com for a chance to win twenty-five grand. No purchase necessary. Click the banner for rules and a list of participants stores wow well so and then that that got you to the point where you're ready to go to college i'm kind of curious at that time long beach i don't think was really on the map i can't I, you know i know they had some nba players come through a while before that but how did you end up at long beach first well i, I went up i went to long beach state because uh, me and my brother wanted to play together we never really had the chance growing up with the exception of a uh, prep ball ah. playing and slam and jam growing up in the la area and he was still in college at that time and he was an nba prospect and uh I committed to go to Long Beach State to play with him, and we had a lot of media attention, and everybody was excited. And you know, my family was going through some financial hardships, and we sat down and had a family meeting. And my brother came to the conclusion that he was going to go hardship and, and put wow. his name and go to the NBA. So that's the reason why I backed out of my commitment. I wrote a letter to Long Beach State and the uh, the NC two A, and you know, they granted it, and. Um, I backed out of my commitment and opened up my recruiting process and wound up choosing UCLA. And uh, from that point, everything changed. So <laughs> I can't really get into details because it's, it's in the documentary, but that's kind of where the story started taking a switch. Aha, uh -huh, okay. Because I, I was going to ask you a little bit about like the NCAA and the SAT stuff, but that's, that's all covered in the doc? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let me uh, let me ask you one question about it. Not the specifics, but like did, my one thing I was, I was wondering was like, did, do you ever at one at any time feel like the NCAA was sort of like that? that did they're just doing their job, or is that are we getting too far into the documentary stuff? No, I mean it, we're we're kind of prying a little bit, but you know, at, at that time, I wasn't a happy camper because I did everything I was supposed to do. Okay, I paid the price to become a student athlete at, at a university of my choice. You know, I was the best there was. You know, they were taking shots at me, slandering my family name. Yeah. You know, it wasn't fair, but, you know, I developed a different type of hunger along the way through that darkness. And it's so bright now, and I'm just blessed to be here, man. Just really looking forward to Saturday, and we want everybody to, to, to follow whoever misses it, you know, to, to be on the lookout for us on social media, the radio, television. We're going to have mass a mass media blitz moving forward. So we're, we're just excited about where we're Absolutely. I mean, listen, you know, eventually, even the, the hardest things you imagine that you come across in life can be positive. I think it's, it's one of your messages, right? For sure. You know, adversity builds character. I mean, you don't know your strength until you're, you're tested in your weakness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, that's, and I, you know, as a coach here, too, we, we try and every a loss could be that way. You know, it could be something good eventually, ultimately. Like it was funny. Somebody was uh, the Wake. Did you see the Wake Forest game the other, the other night? I didn't. So they uh, they lost at the buzzer on a um, a really stupid play, 
Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. They lost. They gave up a three at the buzzer, whatever it was. And one of the Wake Forest guys was so uh, was was so despondent on Twitter with me, and I just said, "Hey, you know, just be thankful it wasn't in the NCAA tournament that you gave up a crazy three to lose the game." And you right. know, it's just a way to look at it that way. Did you ever play in the NCAA tournament? Uh, no, we got put out in the SEC conference um, in our conference tournament. We lost to, uh, I believe, we played um, Arkansas, and they they beat us pretty good. So you know, kind of eliminate each other type of thing. So I missed that experience. But, you know, as far as like in high school and, you know, the All-American circuit, I achieved all, all of those all of those goals and, and dreams, you know, became a McDonald's All-American, even though I didn't play in the game. I was voted in unanimously by all the writers. So, you know, there was some hardships and some struggles along the way because I felt like people were taking things out on me that I didn't deserve because, you know, certain things weren't happening the way maybe they wanted it to happen. Mm-hmm. So be as it may, I had a chance to learn a lot about myself over the years and really test test myself, you know, my resilience and my character and really figure out what I wanted to do with my life for the next 50 years rather than just looking at what I'm doing right now as a basketball player, as a, as a student athlete, but rather what life is going to look like after basketball. And, you know, when I came to that conclusion, I was close to 30 and uh, I had my daughter was conceived and, you know, I, didn't, I wasn't concerned with playing ball no more. I got tired of traveling, living out of a bag and stuff like that. And my career did, wasn't going where I thought it was going to go. So I started my, my basketball academy at CBA, you know, and really started diving into the coaching, the training and the mentoring component. And I think it's morphed into more of a I'm more of an entrepreneur mm-hmm. now, you know, with with the mentorship mixed in. Sure. And uh, where, where are you based out of? Where is your is your academy? Long Beach. And then and so and that's going really well. And your, your kids are coming in. Is it strictly you know everyone every day or every other day they come into the yeah, court and they're working like, on stuff? Like three, three days a week, roughly. You know, I do a lot of mentoring. I reach out to the kids throughout the year. I mean, I, I've trained and worked with uh, consistently with guys like uh, Daniel Hamilton, who's at UConn. He's one of the top players in, in college, and uh, Isaac Hamilton at UCLA as well. His brother. You know, as a top player, uh, starting guard on that team, they actually play Washington tonight. I'll be at that game at, at Poly. So, yeah, I have a chance to relive it through through the guys that I'm, you know, I'm impacting, and it feels good because I've been to the mountaintop. I've done it. Look, people can criticize me all they want. NBA players do not vouch for other guys unless they respect them number one, and 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 they've seen it or it's happened to them to make them want to show that conviction on film. Well, again, thank you for coming on the show, Shay. Uh, I cannot wait to see this documentary, and I can't wait for it to drop uh, on the public where they can see it. So uh, where can we find you on social media to keep up with uh, what's happening? Social media, you can find me on Twitter, uh, at Shay Cotton, uh, or, or Manchild Doc. And we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on all the, all the uh, business networks, the social media. We've got a YouTube channel for Manchild Doc. Be on the lookout for Manchild, the Shea Cotton story, a dream deferred. Thank, awesome. I can't wait. And uh, don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, it's not a channel, we're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Shay? Yes, I am, Nick. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can seem intense. Like, breakup R&B intense. I thought you said you love a sweater that I got you. 
makes it easy. Just go to geico.com anytime to update or check your policy without all the extra drama. I even had a It's the most wonderful time of the year. And with help from Albertsons, it doesn't have to be the most stressful. Stop in for great deals on holiday favorites so you can stretch your budget and celebrate more. Pick up fresh, boneless, skinless chicken breasts or thighs, just $1.59 a pound when you buy a value pack of three pounds or more. And get General Mills cereal 10.7 to 13 ounces, selected varieties, $1.57 when you buy two. Tastier meals, sweeter deals, happier holidays. Albertsons, it's just better.